It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. We are at the Castor Market with Fatin Yang. Fatin, tell me where we are and why we came to the market. So the Castor Market is a market where we come regularly because we already have our distributor for dry goods. So for oil, condiments and the like. It's 10 o'clock in the morning and our reporter Marta Moreras is navigating a bustling food market in Dakar, accompanied by chef Fatih Niang. We use a local supplier, so we're taking advantage of that now. There's a market with all kinds of fruits and vegetables. We make the most of this to buy fresh produce. Opening its doors as early as 5 a.m., this open-air market offers a rich selection of Senegalese culinary delights. Sourced directly from local producers, there's fresh fruits such as mangoes, papayas or grapefruits. Vegetables such as yams, okras and cassavas, as well as fresh and dried fish and mollusks. For us, it's important that it's fresh and comes to market, because we're really at the heart of the economy. So the farmers bring all their products to the market, and we collect it here so that we can offer our customers fresh seasonal produce. We're trying to find the star ingredient of the recipe Fatty is going to teach us how to cook, the very local Niebe black-eyed peas or cowpeas in English. Fatty is going to cook Akras de Niebe or black-eyed pea nuggets, a snack you can find in the streets of Senegal. We negotiate prices all the time. A kilo is 1,500 Central African francs. So there we go, we'll take the black-eyed peas. For centuries, Niebe has been a staple food in Senegal, but today it's being replaced by European flavours. In Dakar, foreign fast foods like burgers, pizzas and sushi are usually marketed as fancy meals. And the more nutritious, native dishes are branded as food for the poor. So can you name all the different ingredients that you just bought for the recipe? So for the recipe, we bought cowpea powder, we bought pepper, we bought chili, we bought garlic and we bought breadcrumbs. Fatty is going to prepare a snack you can find in the streets of Dakar. For her, street food is an important part of Senegalese cuisine. These dishes are at the heart of the country's culture, yet they're undeniably marked by a deep colonial past. Fatty is going to take us on a culinary trip between France and Senegal, two places that have influenced the culinary heritage of West Africa and inspired her ambition to show that street food can be fancy, sustainable and Senegalese. So now it's just a question of cooking. Welcome to The Star Ingredient, a Euronews original series that will take you on a culinary journey across Africa. 
We're meeting chefs and local communities who are committed to bringing forgotten traditional ingredients back to the table. And don't forget your notebook, we have some delicious recipes to share with you. I'm your host, Takumbo Sawako, and today I'll take you with me to Dakar, Senegal's capital city, to meet the chef and entrepreneur Fatih Niang. Her mission, to revive Senegalese dishes by testing and promoting traditional recipes from the streets of Dakar. Fatih Niang's story started 5,000 kilometers away from Castor Market in the much calmer and smaller town of Cray, an hour from Paris. Here she grew up in a big family with seven siblings and two loving parents who wanted their children to keep close ties with their native culture. My mum really taught us about African culture, Senegalese culture, and we spoke our mother tongue, which is Pearl, here in Senegal. So we learned French at school. Raised between two worlds, Fatih's childhood holidays were normally spent in Senegal, in Matam, a region 800 kilometers north of Dakar that's known for its arid grasslands, its agricultural productivity and the vital Senegal River. It allowed us to understand how privileged we were in France because we had access to almost everything. With industrialization, it's easy to go to McDonald's. And when we went to the village, we got water from the well, we didn't have electricity. Those were the days when you had to light a lantern to get some light. For Fatih, these summers were an occasion to gather with her grandparents, uncles and aunts. But these moments also allowed her to discover her Senegalese culture. It had a big impact on me later on, on my relationship with African cuisine. Because the flavours were very different too. In Europe and so in France, cooking is very light, so to speak. It's not as heavy in terms of chilli, spices, etc. It's really very understated, so it's easy to eat and it's easy to digest. Very much unlike West African foods. Here in Senegal, it's very, very strong and distinct. In fact, when I came to Senegal, everything was full of chilies, spices and the like. And it gives you an unsettling feeling in your mouth, and even in your stomach it's difficult to handle. Living in France, Fatih struggled to find African ingredients, but when in Senegal, she realized she also couldn't easily enjoy traditional dishes over there. When I came on holiday here with family friends, when we wanted to eat a thier boudienne, which is a national dish outside, it was a bit difficult to find. As Fatih describes, traditional specialities like the tiboudienne, made from fish, rice and vegetables seasoned with a succulent blend of West African spices, are the domain of street sellers and viewed as food for the poor. We don't want to go to Senegal to eat a burger or a pizza. We just aren't interested. That's what we eat every day in France. In Senegal, Fatih would always look for a complete local experience, something that embraced the use of West African spices and ingredients. Her favourite culinary indulgence? 
We're having a snack in the lively streets of Dakar. And that's the kind of food I really like, street food. In fact, even when I'm driving, there are people by the side of the road selling little salty peanuts, coffee, sweet peanuts or baobab bars. Fatty is not alone in her love of street food. According to data from the Senegalese Ministry of Economics and Finances shared with the newspaper El País, more than 40% of Senegalese family outgoings are spent on food and more than 95% of this money goes on informal eating. Consequently, this culinary sector is key to Senegal's economic and societal development. And it becomes a business. Before, it was just women doing it or a few men doing it for survival. This is Abdou Kar, food anthropologist at Ziegenshaw University in Senegal. Now it has become more structured. You find people who are hiring, people who are launching their own businesses, and you have to encourage that. I think it's also a way of combating unemployment. More than 50% of jobs in this sector are held by women, so it's a great boost for female employment levels. It's a business. However, many of the ingredients you find in the streets, such as Nibe or Fonio, are not indigenous to West Africa. This can be explained by looking into colonial history, says Abduka. Before colonization, we had traditional cereals and crops, which people grew as part of the daily diet. But because of colonization, we began to undervalue certain foods that we eat regularly and we call them lowly food crops. Abdu says the Senegalese were encouraged to grow fewer local grains such as cowpea or millets to leave more space for other things. This would also free up manpower so that more energy could be put into growing so-called cash crops. Especially groundnuts in Senegal. Around 30% of households in Senegal depend on peanut farming for their livelihoods, according to the World Bank. Brought in from Latin America, peanuts are not well adapted to Senegal's arid soil and they're sensitive to rainfall which fluctuates in the country. Senegal is often hit by severe droughts which can spell disaster for crop yields. But this is slowly changing. Due to climate change, more people are giving up on growing millet and peanuts in favour of cowpeas, which they sell not abroad but at weekly markets and in town centres. This is the case in this market in Podor, a small town located in the rural northern part of the country along the Senegal River. Our reporter Marta Moreiras travelled there to meet some farmers who grow niebe as both a staple food and a cash crop. In this region, the growth of niebe follows the natural rhythm of the river. As winter arrives, the river swells, flooding the land on either side of the Senegal-Mauritania border. As the water recedes and the river returns to its usual course, the farmers seize the opportunity to sow their crops, nurturing their niebe. Cowpea is a legume that can be grown especially well in very poor soils. This is the case in West Africa and in Sahel, on arid and semi-arid land. 
Cowpeas are easy to grow because they can capture nitrogen from the air, transform it and transfer it into the soil. The abe is often planted alongside other crops such as millet or sorghum, a traditional farming practice that's used to maximize land productivity and fight malnutrition. People eat cowpeas because they have no choice. You can get fresh fish from the Senegalese coast all the way to the east and some rural markets. So the most accessible and best preserved product is the cowpea. But in cities, Niebe is still hard to find. And Fatty is determined to change that by calling upon another Senegalese tradition, street food. Fatty was working in business in the financial district of Paris La Défense until one day she decided to pursue a career that brought her more purpose. And she immediately found it. Her aim is to revive traditional Senegalese street food dishes and bring these tastes back to the table. This epiphany coincided with the arrival of her second daughter. I was fed up of working for someone. I felt ready. I had had enough training. I had enough expertise to branch out on my own. And what rhymes with her passion more than street food? And so I set myself the task of creating a modern African concept, introducing people to African dishes and ingredients, but in a fresh, innovative way that would be accessible to everyone. In 2013, Fatty launched Black Spoon, her first fancy food truck offering African fast food in Paris aimed at professional events and festivals in the French capital. I've set things up properly. I've done training with chefs, so I feel confident. I know how to cook in this way, but also how to do it quickly. Her commitments soon paid off, yielding successful results. Over the first year of business, Black Spoon's turnover doubled, going from €95,000 to €170,000, a win that offered a glimpse of a promising future. We had a lot of requests. We were overwhelmed. We couldn't take it all in. There was a lot of international media coverage, so that's how Black Spoon really found its feet. In 2014, we even won the prize for Best African Entrepreneur in France for this business. In 2017, while running the Black Spoon food truck in France, Fatty decided it was time to take her business to the land that inspired it, Senegal. Here, she aimed to offer her food in new setups. No more trucks, but restaurants in shopping malls, airports and gas stations, places filled with people. After the pandemic, Black Spoon started a partnership with the French multinational energy firm Total Energies and opened a tiny restaurant in a petrol station on the motorway next to Dakar. They offer French food and the population is 95% to 98% Senegalese. And when the Senegalese first came to these French gas stations, they found themselves in a different environment. They were missing something. It was the African culture, so they decided to Africanize the gas stations a little, to bring in the African touch. 
A bright restaurant with one unquestionable focal point. The traditional ingredients such as the unfaltering niebe, which is placed center stage by street food recipes like the vegetarian Accra nuggets. The first time I tasted cowpea was when it was used in a meal. Not a street food snack, but a big meal. So we used cowpeas to make a stew, but it was with uh, tomato sauce and meat. Despite its versatile nature, niebe, like other local ingredients, was largely ignored by African people since it was branded as food for the poor by colonialists. Thanks to projects like Black Spoon, things are changing, and today Niebe is gradually making a comeback. When you're eating it, when you chew it, it melts, so it's still light. So, really, it's a bit like a stew. In fact, it's exactly like a stew. It's like making, say, in France, a bœuf bourguignon with beef and several vegetables. After buying Niebe at the Castor market, Fatty is ready to cook with it. So I chose the recipe for cowpea acras. So these are little fritters made from cowpea flour. These little fritters are easy to eat and easy to bite into. They're perfect for a picnic, an excursion. So you can eat it as an easy snack or as an aperitif. Uh, you could eat it with a little salad on the side. It's very easy to eat. It's light. Uh, it comes with a little tomato sauce with onions. Uh, and it's delicious and very easy to make. We decided to use cowpea powder. You need water, you need chilli, you need garlic, uh, and you'll also need pepper. Tell me what we do with the cowpea powder. We take it, we actually soften it in water because it's quite hard. Uh, we put it we put it in a bowl, we fill it with water, we let it soften, and when it's softened, we can grind it. We put it in a pestle and we crush it like that. And it becomes a paste, a soft paste, or else you dry it and then you put it in a food processor and mix it. And uh, like that, it becomes a flour. With this paste, you can make your acras, your fritters or small nuggets and then you fry them. So you put a little oil in a saucepan, make little balls with your fingers, and you put them in the oil and leave them for a few seconds until they become brown and they become round. And then you remove them with a spoon, you remove the excess oil, and you can eat them. And that's it. What I like about this type of snack is that it's finger food. You can eat it by hand. And you should eat it hot. And that's the case whether it's a flour beignet, a beignet de goût, an acras, a samosa. For all these snacks, I like them when they come out piping hot. 
At Black Spoon, the dough is made in advance and the acras are fried just before being served. It's hot and it's good. Afterwards, you can make toppings, you can put bisap coulis on top, Nutella coulis, you can add all kinds of toppings. This is the part that Fatih's customers and our reporter Marta enjoy the most. So the outside of the cowpea fritters is very crunchy because the paste, in fact, has crisped up when coming into contact with the oil. So it's hard, it's crunchy, and on the inside, it's softer. This is the bit that's like puree. So there you have it. <laughs> Today, Fatty moved back to her Senegalese roots to make the best out of the Senegalese cuisine. Do you remember the first time you ate a nieve fritter? It was in Senegal. Yes? Yes, because I didn't know before then that there were cowpea acras. I didn't know at all. So in the kitchen, they made an acra and they offered it to me. They made me try it, and it was very nice. It's very popular in Senegal because the people there love it. And that's how we got the recipe on the Black Spoon menu. And we decided to introduce it to Europe because they don't know about it. So there are these hidden secrets from Senegal that we're going to share with Europeans. Next year, Fatty is opening a Black Spoon restaurant in Paris, the healthy version of McDonald's that she eventually hopes will arrive in other French cities. The business is also booming in Africa, where Fatty has already received two offers to franchise her business. She hopes to take her brand beyond the Senegalese border to Ivory Coast. But wherever Black Spoon goes, one thing is for sure – it will always stay true to the two cultures that inspired Fatty and her initial project. I love French gastronomy, but I also love African gastronomy. So I have taken the richness from both cultures. And that's why Black Spoon was invented, because I wanted to take African cuisine and add a modern European twist. My business is authentic because I've been exposed to the ingredients since I was a little girl, so I know the tastes, the flavours, etc. And I know what to tell my chefs to really get the mix right, to get the balance right, so that my customers can experience this food at the end of the process. The Star Ingredient podcast is created by food lovers at Euronews for those with curious taste buds around the world. I'm your host, Takumbo Salako, and this series is written and produced by my colleagues Alice Carnevale, Naira Tavashlian, Marta Rodriguez Martinez, and Ashling Nikulan in Lyon, France. Original reporting was done by Marta Moreres in Dakar, Senegal. Our consulting editor is Catalina Mai in Santiago de Chile, and our solutions journalism consultant is Michel Fouin in Paris, France. Sub-editing was done by Eleanor Butler. Theme music is by Andy Rubini, and sound mixing is by Lionel Dussochois and Hugo Pouillard. Our production coordinator is Louise Lahec, and our editor-in-chief is Patrick Heary. 
A special thanks goes to Chef Fatih Niang for sharing her passion for street food and Senegalese local ingredients with us. To learn more about her mission and the future plans for her business, Black Spoon, you can follow her on Instagram at Fatih Niang. You can listen to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you normally get your podcasts. For more information on The Star Ingredient, please go to our website, euronews.com culture. And are you a French speaker? Then you can find a version of this podcast in French. Just search La Surprise du Chef. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 